interesting so um welcome to another uh episode of the same shade of difference podcast where we talk to interesting people about tech culture travel and the world in which we live in so uh today i have the good fortune of having uh, an old friend nathan rome join us nathan is the uh the star of the youtube channel uh, uh kentucky cycling And uh, KentuckyCycling.org. So, uh, Nathan, new toy. I just had to try the clapping. So uh, that was our studio audience uh, uh, welcome you, uh, welcoming you aboard. Wow. <laughs> if I wasn't uh, already overwhelmed by the use of the word star, uh, you know, w- which I think is way overstating, uh, the applause <laughs> really put it over the edge for me. Thanks for having me. Yeah, I I also had uh, one that was longer that was wild uh, cheering like you're on The Tonight Show, but I thought that one might be a little over the top for the first uh, guest using this new technology. So uh, so today, for anybody uh, uh, interested, this is a rare, not in-person, same shade of difference, and we're trying out the Riverside.fm uh, solution, the paid solution. So I paid for a month to see how that goes. So, uh, so we'll see how this, this works compared to the, uh, the two hardware platforms that we've talked about in the past that we're, uh, we have, uh, traditionally been using probably a little harder for Nathan and I to get together with his busy schedule. He actually has to work for a living in addition to all his uh, cycling stuff. So, uh, Nathan, um, I got a bunch of questions, but uh, maybe let's start from a cycling standpoint. Uh, when did you get started in cycling and what caused you to get started? I think uh, my answer is uh, I, I ask this question a lot to folks. Actually, I do interviews on, on the channel as well. So, uh, and I'll say that my answer is pretty uh, vanilla in the sense that I started riding a bike when I was a kid. Uh, and it was a way for me to go out and explore the world around me. Uh, and uh, in middle school, it became uh, going to where the girls were. And uh, and then uh, in high school, it started to become more leaning towards exercise once I could drive. You know, I didn't have to do that to go see the girls, <laughs> but but I still, still could. Uh, and then uh, I, uh, in the early 90s, had a... A map, you know, quote unquote mountain bike, um, and lived down in Asheville for a couple of years and was kind of part of that early mountain bike scene. Although I wasn't doing anything super exciting, I say that uh, I'm a average Joe, very much a lover of all, master of none when it comes to cycling. Uh, and then I, uh, after that period, kind of had a long hiatus where I wasn't riding at all. And, uh, had a desk job uh, working at a place uh, that you were working too, <laughs> and, and uh, uh, started uh, from lack of movement, um, started to develop some like back pain and things like this, and and uh, realized that I really needed to start moving again. And so in 2012, after a very long hiatus, I started writing again and uh, being reintroduced to how wonderful that was to 
kind of rediscover the world around me uh, and and start to develop an appreciation for uh, having an adventure in my own backyard, which was something I hadn't done for a long period of time, uh, and uh, just uh, kind of you know grew grew from there, if you will. My recollection too is that uh, in 2012, when you got back into it, you did it in a very specific way. You were uh, an early adopter of uh, some uh, electric bike technology. Uh, yeah, I mean, early for Kentucky, Central Kentucky anyway. I mean, there were, of course, people people doing it uh, before me, but I kind of decided that in order for me to really uh, jumpstart my fitness that I was going to uh, commute to work and my commute was only about two miles. But uh, for those of you in uh, Kentucky and for familiar with Frankfurt, which is where I live, I live down by the Capitol and uh, there's a long steep hill between me and where I worked on the West side of town. And so I kind of did a test run on uh, uh, one evening after work uh, and arrived at my work building really, really sweaty and I uh, decided that probably wasn't going to be real conducive uh, towards, uh, you know, <laughs> my, my work environment. And so I would look for an alternative and I bought a, a, a bike that had uh, both electric assist and uh, power on demand. And, and, uh, and that really kind of springboarded uh, my fitness. So, so I'm a big proponent for electric bikes. I think um, I think whatever people need uh, to get out and get moving is uh, good <laughs> for for the world in general, and uh, particularly when it comes to transportation, I think there's a lot of arguments uh, for it, not only in the U.S. but uh, of course, you know, worldwide, where the bicycle is the most prolific mode of transportation uh, in the world. Yeah, lots of European cities are are well ahead of the U.S. in terms of uh, their uh, proliferation of uh, bikes and electric bikes and vehicles as well. So I know you and I have talked about that a little bit offline. So, and you, you undersold that just a bit. There's not one hill coming out of uh, where you live there. The only way to get out of where you live is to, uh, to tackle a hill. You just happen to pick the one closest to your house, but they're all large uh, uh, things in your way to uh, to come out of downtown. That is the uh, double-edged sword of living in a river valley. Yeah, for sure. But uh, but a cool place to live. So. um, So I remember, you know, some of that story having uh, been around you for for many years and and remember when you got back into it. What what was the catalyst to get you started uh, with Kentucky Kentucky org and and uh, and your YouTube channel? I, in terms of volunteerism, and that's the way I tend to approach this work is, is very much, uh, I, I, I technically it's organized as a business, but it's, I run it more like a nonprofit. Um, I was on a walk bike board here locally and had a three year term of service. And, uh, anybody who has tried to do that work knows that there's a lot of sort of banging your head against the wall, uh, when you meet up against the wheels of government, either not turning very quickly or coming to a grinding halt. And that was a a frustrating process. And I needed, I was looking for, so I was coming off of that term of service and I was looking for my next avenue as a path of service. And the way that I approach a lot of volunteerism is I tend to be, I'll say tech savvy. I'm I'm not a, a, you know, a coder or anything like that, but I like to learn. I'm a lifelong learner. 
And I often will pair that desire for volunteerism with wanting to learn something new. And so I thought uh, we in my cycling, I had actually used YouTube a lot to go and preview areas that I wanted to ride, particularly like if we were making a mountain bike trip down to Asheville, just as an example, I'd, I'd go and watch YouTube videos on that to get a sense of what I was getting myself into. And when I was looking for videos in Kentucky at the time, this is like 2017, uh, there wasn't much of that. And so I thought, okay, here's an area of opportunity where the bar is low, meaning anything that you put out there is uh, better than what's out there today, which at the time was not much or nothing. And so I figured that uh, using the old adage, don't let perfect be the enemy of good enough, you know, uh, that, that I could just start and start producing. So I bought a GoPro and started throwing up videos and, and I figured that I would be get better as I went. And, uh, and but definitely that is true. When I look back at some of my early stuff, it is, uh, you know, a little cringeworthy uh, from, from my perspective in terms of my skills today, but still uh, in some instances, the best thing that's out there. So, you know, for, for a particular area. So, so, uh, you know, it kind of started from there and I'll say it very much had a, uh, sustainability factor for me. So another thing in terms of service is I wanted, I wanted something that would be, uh, that I would get something out of. And so I have a creative impulse. I'm a, a theater guy, uh, or, or used, at least used to be, I had that sort of creative impulse in me. And, uh, and now I get to pair my exercise, which is something I need to do for my health with my desire to create. And, and that kind of has a sustainable factor. So I, I, you know, I exercise so I can keep moving. You got to keep moving if you want to keep moving. And, and then I uh, get out and uh, produce, you know, things which feeds my creative need. And then I meet that service need by giving back and helping to tell uh, Kentucky's and the surrounding regions cycling story. Good deal. So I, I want to talk about the evolution of your, your tech kit and, and such, but first maybe it, it seems like your riding interest and where you spend your time has, it, like mine did, has has changed over time and, and evolved. So maybe maybe walk us through how how in the early days what your rides look like, and and now it seems like you're spending most of your time on gravel, which I think is extra cool. I follow a bunch of gravel riders and. And and that is is a is a different environment. You see a lot different things than than you do uh, riding just road rides or mountain bike rides and things like that. And and also it presents a, a, a challenges uh, to get around stuff that that maybe don't exist in in other forms of cycling. So uh, so maybe uh, walk us through wh where you started and, and where you're at now. And and do you see anything in the future? For example, I. I ended, um, you know, I, I did the road stuff, the mountain bike stuff, and then kind of ended up in in some of the long distance stuff like brevets and, and things like that. Do you see anything like that in your future? <laughs> uh, I don't have any desire to do any brevets. I'll start with that. <laughs> go, ahead, go ahead and put that out of the yeah. way. Um, so so uh, I'll say that um, I started into road cycling and had a uh, experience which inspired me to go further uh, than I had anticipated. I, my wife's best friend was uh, part of a uh, team that was doing fundraising for an event called the Bike to Beat Cancer, which is in, in Louisville. 
And I was riding with her and, and some of her team members just trying to get moving again. And uh, this event benefits Norton Cancer Institute. And the winter after I started riding, my wife got uh, very sick very quickly and had an oncological emergency and ended up getting her first chemotherapy uh, in the hospital at Norton. And so I turned to my wife's best friend and said, I guess I'll be doing the bike to beat cancer this year. And so I committed to uh, riding 100 miles, which I'd never done before in my life. So I rode my first century in 2013 and uh, rode, did that for six years um, until, you know, you kind of get tired of keep going to the same group of people for for the fundraising well over and over again. Uh, but the only century rides I've ever done, so the only 100 miles rides I've ever done to date have all been for fundraising. <laughs> so, so, so I'll say that I, after about 80 miles. So, you, uh, so you'll ride a long way for money is what you're saying. I, well, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so, uh, you know, I, I enjoy rides up to about the 80 mile mark. Uh, I think the metric century as far as road riding is kind of a sweet spot for me, you know, go out and ride about 60, 60, 65, you know, 62 miles. That's is kind of that sweet spot. Uh, I, I'm enjoying myself until that point in time around the 80 mile mark. It's like everything is just really uh, becomes, you know, work. And there's only been one one of those century rides that at the end I felt like I wasn't you know, like, oh, yeah, I could keep riding. You know, no, I was I was ready to be off the bike. I was had been ready to be off the bike for about 20 miles. So so uh, so, you know, road riding. Um, there, I'll say Central Kentucky is a beautiful area for road riding. Uh, very, very fortunate to have, you know, the sort of these just beautiful rolling hills and a lot of uh, scenic creeks and rivers. And, you know, of course, these really high end horse farms. And, and so I was doing a lot of the same routes over and over again. And I think going back to that initial uh, reason why I was attracted to riding a bike, it was to explore. And so I think the, the bike is actually an excellent vehicle for that. And so um, I really, in terms of being, I think happiness, you know, is an inside job and, and, and you have to kind of, you know, work towards that. And I found that I was really animated by uh, going out and exploring new areas, places that I hadn't ridden before. So, so I kind of became a little bit obsessed with the new, I could do a whole, I've got actually an episode of my YouTube channel. I've got, got turned onto this uh, Strava companion app called wanderer.earth and uh, I've used it as a way to kind of track my miles, but I've set a long-term goal for myself of riding at least a mile in all 120 Kentucky counties. And, uh, and then, so as part of that exploration effort, you know, I'll say I was primarily doing road riding and then I had a buddy who um, had who I rode with as a kid who was really saying, hey, let's go ride mountain bikes. Let's go ride mountain bikes. I'm like, I don't know, you know, and I kind of had this low end bike. And so I finally bought a nicer mountain bike. And so I started going out and doing that. And then um, I think gravel, the whole the, the attraction to gravel is very timely in the sense that, you know, road riders combat probably the number one issue facing road riders today is distracted drivers. You know, we talk about technology and, and, uh, and all that technology has, has, you know, come with the downside in terms of people not being willing to put it down at the right times. And, and, uh, and so I think, you know, that, um, you know, wanting to be out in nature, you know, more uh, being where it's, you know, less, less uh, congested. Uh, and then, you know, mountain biking, uh, if you're, 
really into one genre. You know, if you're a mountain biker, you know, you identify as a mountain biker, you're probably all in as a mountain biker. I, like I said, I'm a lover of all, master of none. If it's got pedals and you know, wheels, I'd like to give it a try. Um, the, but, uh, you know, so I, I enjoy mountain biking. I'm very much a wheels on the ground, you know, kind of right, pedaling through the forest kind of guy. I'm not trying to get air or anything like that. Uh, and and uh, and so I think gravel biking kind of represents this sort of middle ground where you can be out, you can be exploring. You know, I kind of like that all road concept. You know, it's like, well, I want to go and see what's over there. What's this thing? What's that thing? And uh, uh, gravel bikes tend to be very versatile. A lot of them tend to be like that old school 90s mountain bike uh, rather than, you know, the full full suspension, which is really, really nice if you're you know doing that kind of dedicated riding. Uh, but then you can go right on the road as well, you know, so there's this versatility that's there. And I'll say that with the YouTube channel, I really have kind of gone where I get um, where there's momentum. And so, so I'll say that, uh, you know, unlike the the advocacy work that I was had gotten burnt out on, I just wanted to be part of telling saying, hey, go look at this good thing. Look at this good thing rather than trying to make that good thing happen over a long period of time. It was it's really animating to be able to say, hey, go look, go look at this good thing that's happening. Go look at this good thing that's happening. And uh, people I found were really interested in knowing where to ride uh, gravel. And there was a, so there's a high desire. There, and that's not just a Kentucky thing. That's, you know, a nationwide thing. There's a lot of interest in gravel riding, uh, but then people not knowing where to do it. And so going out and sort of finding those routes, developing those routes, curating and saying, hey, go check this out and showing people how to do it has been a very popular thing. So uh, I've been sort of on a gravel biking kick, if you will. So I, I don't know uh, whether I'll stay there. I, I will say that I have a custom bike that is um, now, uh, you know, it's a gravel bike. So I, I definitely love to doing that. But also, you know, uh, I'll say that there was a, I can't remember which governor in Kentucky, maybe it was none, but uh, there was a, a big effort to pave Kentucky roadways throughout Kentucky. So uh, I would say that Kentucky has perhaps less gravel than some of the surrounding states. And so, you so you know, once I've kind of explored all the gravel, you know, there's, there's a lot of beautiful rural Kentucky roads too. So, I mean, I'm definitely not off the, the road bike permanently. And I also uh, like to highlight local mountain bike trail systems. And so, uh, you know, really I kind of go where the momentum, I'm a momentum rider, you know, <laughs> I go where the momentum takes me and, and, uh, and whether that's a road bike, a gravel bike or a mountain bike, uh, you know, it's, it's uh, it kind of depends on, on where that momentum is going. So. I know we've talked about privately, uh, um, I don't ride much anymore uh, due to some health stuff, but um, when I ride, I, I don't want to ride on, on the road because of how bad things have gotten with, with, with drivers. And, and, and even back in the early days, I mean, I have been hit on, on my elbow many times from, you know, drivers getting too close with and getting hit by mirrors and, you know, it knocks your arm off and hurts for a while and you yell a few bad words and, and, and you go on because cycling kind of is, is, is like a drug and that uh, you feel good while you're out there and you're enjoying things and it's a positive experience. Do you, do you, st do you find that you, you kind of alluded to it, but do you find that you don't really want to ride 
on the main roads unless you absolutely have to, or, 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 or where, where are you in, in that level of comfort? Yeah. I mean, I will say that I, you know, if I'm designing a route, I'm going to try to minimize my time on a main thoroughfare as, as much as possible. Sometimes it's unavoidable. Uh, but you know, I think we're very fortunate in Kentucky that, uh, it's unavoidable if, if you're in and around a large, you know, urban population. You know, if you're trying to get somewhere in Lexington, you're going to deal with traffic. If you're Louisville, you're going to deal with traffic. Although, um, you know, a lot of those uh, places have evolving, you know, multi-use trail systems. And, and I've really mm-hmm. enjoyed exploring and promoting those, uh, not just in Kentucky, but the surrounding region. And I've really gotten into doing multi-day rides. That's are, are probably my favorite thing these days. And so going out and highlighting some of those regional trail systems that they're doing that Ohio, as you know, you'd like to go ride the little Miami trail has a huge network of trails. Uh, you know, there's, so there's a lot there. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not anti road rider, uh, uh, anti road riding at this point in time. Uh, some of the guys I ride with are a little more, you know, cautious than I am. And so that kind of drives things. Um, but, uh, definitely I, if I'm doing road riding, I won't, would like it to be rural, uh, road riding. Uh, and, sure. and uh, so, yeah, for, for that reason. Yeah. Your, um, your Asheville, uh, uh, trail system, uh, video that, uh, you put up recently, uh, I found, I go to Asheville a lot. I found that, uh, uh, really enlightening because as much time as I spend there, um, I wasn't aware of, of all the connection points and such. So that that was a nice video for sure for me. Glad you enjoyed it. So, so there's a lot more to come down there, by the way. You know, it's sort of an emerging oh, trail system. Right. And as someone who lived in Asheville for a couple of years, I'll say I'm super impressed because, you know, A, I know what it's like, you know, I mean, there must be some political momentum towards it, which is great to see. Uh, but then to see, you know, oftentimes where there's already, you know, existing development and, and you know, sort of, you know, in Asheville, they build houses on the side of mountains and everywhere they can find, you know, it doesn't have to be flat. You know, so so to find that ability to do infill is really impressive as well. And so, uh, yeah, what they're doing is is impressive, as is as is the case in a lot of other places as well. Yeah, it seemed like maybe a decade ago there there weren't many options other than Asheville was a a mountain biking destination, but there there weren't many of those uh, public trail systems, paved trails, um, and it seemed like seems like some of that's been driven out of the uh, development along the river, the River Arts District, and 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 then expanding out among uh, uh, into the other areas. Yeah, for sure. That And that River Arch District is is uh, pretty amazing to me. I, I'll say that I used to work. I used to live, uh, I don't know if we're, we're talking about Asheville, how many people are familiar with Asheville to listen to your uh, podcast, but I used to live down uh, by Asheville High and I worked over on the west end of town and I actually rode through what is now the River Arch District. And it was like this industrial, I mean, it's rough. It was, it was a pretty rough area. And uh, and the fact that all that is down there is just mind blowing to me as somebody who, you know, who, who lived there in the mid nineties, you know, just to kind of fast forward into what is a relatively short, you know, period of time in terms of human history. I mean, they've done some amazing things with, with that River Arch District and the, and the development down there and, New Belgium Brewing is, you know, uh, 
there now. And I mean, there's a bunch of different, you know, really cool things happening and people using the river that would have never used that section of the river, you know, to do paddling and whatnot. So really, really cool stuff. Yeah. And even in the last uh, decade, it's, it's, it's gone from, uh, kind of uh, artsy development with breweries and art galleries and and such to um, um, I'm amazed at at the high quality parking for people that want to drive into that area and then use the trail system and the river uh, that parking didn't exist just a few years ago so so I mean they have made uh, big infrastructure uh, um, improvements and, and nathan this is this is an international podcast this isn't a kentucky podcast we we can talk about the whole world we can have you back to talk about one of your uh, faraway trips so uh, so yeah we we have a we have a diverse audience um uh, as he chuckles under his breath uh, so um so so today what what kind of technology are you using to to capture and then later edit your videos. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, again, going back to that mantra of don't let perfect be the enemy of good enough. Another adage I really like is the best camera is the one that's with you. Uh, and so I um, have tried to keep it simple uh, from the standpoint of uh, always having something that is accessible, but also uh, good quality. And I'll say that the technology both in terms of what's happened in terms of these action cams in recent years uh, and uh, also just in terms of what's on available on your mobile device, your phone uh, has gotten, you know, really, really good. Uh, and so I uh, am currently using a go, I shoot my, uh, do a combination. So, so I, I started when I was out pedaling, doing taking pictures and I, I would do that just on my iPhone, various generations of my iPhone over the years. Uh, and then when I was kind of adding in the uh, uh, video or the action cam, I started with a uh, GoPro Hero 5 Black and uh, and a few years later upgraded to a uh, GoPro uh, Hero 8, I guess is what it is, uh, Black. And, and that is got the image stabilization has come just a tremendously long way and of course it keeps getting better but but uh and, and battery life has gotten better uh i can't afford to you know i have to have a kind of compelling you know argument to, to upgrade i can't afford to upgrade every year that would be great but uh that's that's not <laughs> that's not the reality for me so i've got a, a hero eight and then um i i've got an iphone uh 12 got the 12 pro um I guess is what, what this is. And, and, uh, and I love that that actually now has a wide angle, uh, you know, built into it. So that's extended uh, my, you know, photography a lot, but really uh, primarily just those two devices and to a much lesser extent, I've got a uh, Mavic mini um, no, not Mavic. Yeah. Mavic mini, the original Mavic mini. So, so uh, a drone, and I use that most primarily for establishing shots, uh, like at the beginning of a video, uh, as opposed to getting into like, you know, trying to follow me or anything like that. So, uh, so I do, do use a drone, uh, somewhat selectively, but, but primarily, uh, my iPhone and a GoPro. Oh, in terms of right. editing, that's that. Yeah. So I started out, I've, I'm a, I'm a Mac guy. And so I started out with, uh, just using iMovie. 
which is, of course, free and built in. And then that is sort of the gateway drug, if you will, to Final Cut Pro. Uh, so if you can use iMovie, then uh, then you just get more features when you go to you know Final Cut Pro. So you, you know all the basics and the mechanics of, of what to do. There's just more things you can do with it. So I'm now using uh, Final Cut Pro in my editing. Oh, so the the last time we we chatted about uh, tech, you had given me an overview of iMovie. So so now we're going to have a Zoom call, and I want to see how you use uh, Final Cut. Well, it's real similar, Mark. I mean, you know, so like I said, I mean, I, I think that's again, I would say, uh, you know, use use what's available to you. I mean, that's that's uh, you know, get started. I mean, if you're thinking about doing this, I think the best advice is just to start, and then. Uh, you know, you'll you kind of run up to your you know natural boundaries of that tool. And if you feel like there's more that you want to do, but you can't do it with the free tool, then that's a great time to upgrade. So so what what couldn't you do that caused you to move to Final Cut? Um, so there's you know, I'll, I'll say that one thing that I've gotten better at. And I'll say that's still a weak spot for me is uh, with regards to sound. So when I'm coming on a podcast and realize you guys are all about the sound. And, uh, and so I've gotten better about that, particularly as I've gotten into, you know, doing interviews, being more cognizant of like sound levels and things like that. So, so there's things that you can do um, in terms of post pro, you know, ultimately you want to capture, you know, good sound, but in terms of the, editing, you know, process, there's more uh, effects and things that you can apply if you're trying to clean things up or adjust levels or things like that available to you. Uh, and then there's, you know, some additional effects um, from a visual standpoint. I'll say, I'll be, I think it's primarily probably driven by better sound um, in, in post-processing uh, that's available to you in Final Cut Pro. Interesting. I was, was curious. Uh, yeah. You know, I, I, I record stuff and then run it through a couple of products just just to improve the sound uh, to level equalize and, and those sorts of things. This happens to be the uh, first podcast I've ever used uh, AirPods. So so I have a fancy uh, lab setup and portable setup and nice microphones. And I thought, well, Let's since we're trying new software, let's see what the audio sounds like just using uh, AirPods and and not all the studio stuff. So uh, I'll be curious to see how the sound comes out on this. Yeah, one as well. yeah, and I and I you're probably again more discerning than I am. So I'll say another you know another thing that um, kind of pushed me was uh, the pandemic. Um, so I was when I was first started doing interviews. So I've got a lot of different kind of channels if you i mean not uh, channels meaning like avenues of uh or, or sort of programming uh and one is a connection series where i do interviews with people and the way that that initially started was just going out in person and staging an interview where i would ask questions and i wouldn't actually be a talking head in it at all it was just it would be kind of a i remember that yeah i remember yeah, those yeah. early ones yeah yeah and, and and that was a much more time consuming process um and so the uh pandemic really pointed me big time towards zoom and suddenly everybody knew how to use you know this teleconferencing software uh and uh and i got lucky in the sense that 
you know, Zoom is actually a pretty good one as far as like noise cancellation and things like that. So, so uh, you know, it suddenly became, hey, if somebody's got a computer or even a phone and an internet connection, I could potentially do an interview with them and I wouldn't have to drive out to where they were, you know, to do that. So, uh, you know, I mean, that's definitely, uh, <laughs> uh, you know, again, you know, it's like you use the tools that are available to you is, is sort of my, my advice to people. Now, are you using the free Zoom or the paid Zoom? I do a paid one just because I don't want to have a time limit, you know, on it. Um, I assume there's still a time limit, um, but yeah. So there I is. Yeah. So so I did. I used Zoom for a couple of epi- earlier episodes of uh, this podcast. My, my plan is to, to get a little more uh, aggressive with the other podcasts, the Craft Brew Geek podcast as well. So I thought... I thought I would try this out and see how it compared to um, Zoom since this is really designed just for podcasts. Uh, and, and then the other thing is I had not been capturing video, which is important for you because you're doing a YouTube channel, but um, recently attended the PodFest Expo down in Orlando, a conference that uh, got back in person for the first time in a couple of years. And, uh, the thing that kept coming out was that the number one podcast emerging podcast platform where people are listening to more hours of podcasts uh, is YouTube. Hmm. So um, sometimes people watch the video or sometimes people just listen to the audio of a video on YouTube. So, um, so that's one place that I had not posted anything um, since it's video centric and I was not recording video. So so this is more of a, a test of that as well. So, so you have um, in looking at, at Kentucky Cycling. I remember uh, we were working together when you started the channel, and I remember us talking about monetization. And then YouTube changed the monetization rules, and probably a couple of times since you've started, actually. Um, but you're up to um, over three thousand subscribers. But when I go look at your 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 videos, I mean you you have uh, you, most of your videos are long. I'm going to say uh, ten minutes is a is a short video. Most of your your videos are fifteen, eighteen minutes, sometimes even longer. Um, I have not watched this one yet, but the Davu Park mm-hmm. uh, Trail, which I'm interested to watch because uh, I used to to go up there for some meetings, but, um, you, you have, um, hundreds of views on almost every video and you have lots of videos that are in the thousands of, of views. So, so like your new river trail has, uh, um, probably 5,500 views of, of that video. So, so you've, you've moved yourself into that, uh, that monetization game game. Um, I've noticed that, you know, I follow all the YouTube trends, even though I don't have a YouTube channel, I've noticed that that uh, apparently there have been some algorithm tweaks that have impacted monetization, and and so there's both a mix of creators complaining and then creators trying to shift 
things on their their channel. For example, shorts. So um, I don't notice that you've done any any shorts. Is that something that do, do you pay attention to any of those those the way the monetization goes? And secondly, um, does the shorts thing is is that on your radar at all? Um, yeah. So I'll say that <laughs> I am not in this to get rich. I mean, that's not my motivator. And if I were, I'd be sorely disappointed. I sure. I have I am monetized at this point in time. I am generating some income, uh, which is nice. Uh, but my litmus test has been, hey, if I get to do more of this, you know, I'm going to spend, I mean, if I'm going to spend a certain amount of money on cycling every year, and if I get to do more of it and spend either the same or less money, uh, then that's a win, you know, for me. And if I get to tell, you know, uh, the story, help tell the cycling story, you know, or, or promote a resource, you know, and get people outside. I mean, that to me is sort of the emotional paycheck. So uh, I'll say that I am not um, motivated uh, by chasing the algorithm. And part of that is having them move the carrot, right? So it's like you could, you could be obsessed with sort of chasing that. Uh, and I, much more of trying to think about what's the, what's going to be the best way for me to, you know, tell the story and, uh, and, and where my sort of skill sets lie. Um, and, uh, I spend a lot of time as it is on editing, uh, probably more, more than I'd like to admit. I mean, people ask me how, you know, how long it takes to, you know, edit a video. And I don't like to answer that question because if I think about it too much, I may not want to keep doing it. <laughs> so, so I don't, you know, there's, um, you know, I think that there's an attention issue in our society. You know, the reason shorts are appealing is because our attention span is short, you know? And so um, this is uh, YouTube. I, th I, my personal opinion is that YouTube is a long form uh, best use is a long form, uh, content, you know, uh, and, uh, certainly there are, you know, there's all the things you're quote unquote supposed to do. Um, I, you know, have kind of, you kind of have to find what works best for you. And so to me, the, the sort of the mix of photography in the mix, you know, and if you watch, uh, any of my, you know, videos, it's, it's not just video footage. There's, there's integration of right. you know, still, still photographs as well. And, and so I'm putting out that content as well. And so that's sort of my uh, short form. What I don't want to do is, you know, I'm focused on shooting horizontally and then, you know, take a bunch of, you know, vertical footage or, or try to re-edit, you know, and just create more time editing because I want to be, you know, focused on kind of the next thing and the next thing as opposed to, uh, you know, spending all this time sort of, you know, chasing or, or trying to grab, you know, the attention. So, so my, um, philosophy has been, you know, focus on telling a good story, uh, you know, and, and uh, making that contribution. And uh, the followers should come as a result of that. And, and I've so I've had sort of slow, steady growth uh, uh, that and that's, you know, that's good. I mean, from my perspective, I, I'm not, I'm not, you know, um, and, and where, where are the videos? It's been interesting to see, you know, the ones that have gotten, um, more momentum. I won't say that it doesn't factor into things, you know, certainly, uh, you know, you mentioned like the, the new river trail, my most popular video has been a ride I did a couple of years back on the gap trail, uh, which is the great Alpine passage. 
And I think there's a lot, you know, there's a lot broader regional interest in those kinds of things. And so part of it is just like how, what's the audience that you're appealing to and doing a channel that is aimed at promoting cycling resources in Kentucky and the surrounding region. I'm already kind of limiting myself, you know, to, uh, to a regional audience. And so I'm not, you know, if I, I was, if, if I was just, uh, trying to chase, you know, numbers, I would just be addressing maybe cycling, you know, in general. And so, so uh, you know, they're, they're definitely, uh, so part of it is trying to, you know, draw, draw people in, um, you know, who are sort of in that broader space and, and draw them towards a regional thing, which has a little bit of a challenge in and of itself. But, but uh, uh, you know, so my, motiv- again, my motivation, I mean, I, it is monetized at this point in time. I am, generating some income, which is helping me do more of this work. Uh, but it is definitely not my primary motivator. <laughs> sure. Sure. And I, and I didn't mean to suggest it. it might no, be, no. But, I mean, you but, know, but, but, but part of it is like, you know, chasing the algorithm is, is, uh, yeah, you know, they're going to, they're going to keep moving the, the, the carrot, you know? <laughs> yeah. My experience is any of my hobbies that generate a little bit of money, allow me to do more of that hobby or, right buy more toys for that hobby or, right. or whatever it happens to be. And, and I felt like that was, was your motivation um, as well. The interesting. So um, um, I saw a few months ago, uh, maybe even a little longer now, but uh, one of you, you know, I'm immersed in, in YouTube and I like, I like all subjects. So I, I have a, a pretty big watch letter list, but uh, one of the original, success stories was Casey Neistat. And I know you and I've talked about him a little bit, but uh, I saw an interview. um, I think it was at a conference he was doing and what, what he was encouraging people to do is really what you're doing, which is go out and follow your passion and, and put your stuff up and get better as, as you go. And he said, I haven't done a video in a year yet my YouTube monetization uh, stream is about the same because people are going back and watching my old catalog. It seems to me your content is, is appropriate for, to watch for years. If you're getting ready to go to the new river or the gap uh, ride or, or any of those other things, then, then it's a good resource to go watch. I'm, I'm looking at some, some stuff now. Um, you know, I get the edge for something new that I don't know anything about. And so, uh, so I'm looking at, um, uh, uh, scooters, maxi scooters and things like that. And, and I'm watching things that are four and five years old because yeah. there's value in that content. And so your, your content has, has value for, for many years to come. Yeah. And, and I'll say, you know, having this sort of long-term goal of like riding in all 120 Kentucky counties, because I am still working. I mean, that's, I'm like, I think I'm 63 as of the date, you know, is my count towards the 120. And so, you know, that's going to take years to do that. So, uh, but thankfully, yes. I mean, I mean, like I said, the, my most popular video is actually one that I created in 2019. So it's, you know, three years old and I can look at it and say, it's not, you know, I shot it on my Hero 5, which, you know, so it's a little shakier than, you know, the footage I would put out now. And there's things I would do differently. But because it is aimed at sort of promoting the resource in a way of, hey, here's how we approach this, you know, to make it like you can go do this, too. I mean, that's kind of the, the uh, you know, it sorts highlighting the resource and how you could do it. 
that is uh, incredibly useful to people. And ultimately, you know, if I can be part of getting people off the couch and outside and exercising and experiencing the outdoors, I feel like that's going to help make the world a better place. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I, I meant to ask you earlier. So, so what are you, what uh, format and uh, frame rate are you shooting right now? Uh, I do uh, 24 frames a second and I shoot and typically produce in 4k, although YouTube, um, takes a long time to process that content. So, uh, you, you can upload it. I mean, thankfully I've got a good, you know, fast connection speed at home and a good upload, uh, speed. And so I can upload the content relatively quickly, but it takes YouTube a long time to process it. So that's not true for interviews. I mean, the, the interviews are, um, filmed, I guess, in 720p, and I upload them in 1080p just to, I think it helps a little bit with maybe the sound quality, you know, just to kind of, you know, uh, output the video in a, because I edit, you know, at, at a little higher rate. But, um, and sometimes I'll, I'll just do a 1080p video, particularly if it's, if it's longer, uh, you know, I may go just do 1080p. Uh, but most of still, my, still 24 frames, if you're doing 1084 frames. Yeah. I, I like that sort of cinema. It does. I mean, to me, it doesn't, um, I like this sort of cinematic, you know, feel to, uh, to it. And, and, uh, and, and I feel like it, it's a good balance. So I'm not, I'm not focused on, uh, you know, again, I'm more interested in telling the story than I am in terms of like creating like an action sequence, if you will. So I'm not trying to get like, super, you know, super sharp, high, you know, I'm not doing like, uh, really, I don't know. I mean, I'm not doing, you know, jumps, you know, down a real high speed mountain, you know, bike trail or something like that. It's more, you know, taking in the scenery. Uh, so, so I like that sort of cinematic, uh, feel. So I, I, I definitely, you know, do, do that. And I feel like it, it helps to create a balance in terms of like file size and things like that as well. Yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I, you know, I'm a nerd. And so I always get caught up in, in the numbers. And, and I spend a lot of time watching the really smart people on, on YouTube, um, debating uh, all, all the frame rates and, and such. And there's some, some new 8k content uh, capture equipment out. And so kind of watching that and, and uh, what, what a file size is for 8k uh, and you can do, you can capture 120 frames so that you can do super slow-mo, uh, for action scenes. And the, the files are, uh, are the, the files are probably bigger than storage you and I have available to us. Yeah. And I'll say, I, I'm actually, I'm not capturing. I should emphasize that I'm editing in 24 frames a second. I'm capturing it. Okay. So, so, okay. um, so yeah, I can, I can do, I mean, I don't typically do a lot of slow motion, uh, stuff. So, so that's, I mean, it's not important for me. I think I might shoot 30 frames a second or something like that. I'm not typically shooting right. 60, you know, frames a second or anything, but. Okay. Um, what, what are you using for website and social media management? So <laughs> any, I know, I know your website, but are you doing anything with social media or are you doing that manually? I'm doing it manually. Um, so it, you know, my workflow, um, you know, so I'm on, uh, I guess my big outside of YouTube, which is now my, my biggest thing. So it didn't used to be Facebook was my biggest, uh, audience and I was trying to drive people more towards YouTube. And now YouTube actually I have more, you know, uh, that's my largest follower base followed by Facebook. Uh, and, uh, and then, um, 
Instagram and Twitter in that order. And then I also uh, use Strava. Uh, interesting, Strava uh, has a, the ability to create posts. And so I use it as like a social media platform, which is great because that's a lot of people will are interested in following me and kind of looking, utilizing, you know, my rides as a way to go out and do things. If I'm, if I'm not promoting a video, they want to see where, where I'm going and, and maybe I should go do this thing or that thing. Um, and so I, I use that as well. Um, sorry, what was your, repeat the question for me. So, so you're not, you're, you're doing your social media, uh, manually. Yeah. So, so, um, not using like I use Buffer for some of my social media yeah. management. Oh, yeah, schedule, you got to schedule a website as well. So yeah, so part and then of the this, website. you know, yeah. Again, I, I wanted to, um, I, I wanted it to be sustainable in the broadest sense of the word, and so I, uh, in terms of monetary uh, uh, things, I wanted to sort of start from a. Uh, standpoint of not spending money and then spend it selectively as I needed to. Um, and so uh, that's been the impulse to do the social media mainly. Uh, and then as far as the uh, when, website, when I first spun up a website, uh, there was uh, I work in education and there's a lot of emphasis on Google as a tool. And of course, there's a lot of free things you can do. So I thought, okay, rather than uh, you know, if, if I were just jump into a paid platform, I'd probably use like Squarespace, but the, uh, I, I, that was not where I wanted to start. I wanted to kind of start with the free thing and then see what, how I could leverage it. And so I've done that and I've basically started as a Google site. And so that's what I, what I'm using. Um, because other than the domain name, it's, you know, it's free and it's expandable. Um, so it, it's, and it's done, done well for me. And then I, I basically leverage, other, you know, just like Google Sheets and things for some of the resources I'm publishing. And, and uh, uh, so it definitely is rendered best on a uh, like a computer, like a laptop or a desktop or, a, or an iPad. Uh, but it is all, you know, the Google sites are mobile aware, but there's content out there which isn't going to be great on a phone, uh, like rendering up a Google Sheet or something like that. Did the, uh, the Google site, are you doing that? in the dom domain in other words are you hosting um nathan at kentuckycycling.org on on google or is this using just your personal account and you spun up a site and it allows you to direct your domain the latter the latter okay that's what i was thinking i was just curious yeah trying to keep um, it simple you know Good deal. Just just a couple things, and and I'll let you get back to uh, to your bike. So, um, um, moving towards the future, any any things on your radar, either for your channel or for technology that you're thinking about? For example, it, it's funny. The young man who joined me for the last two episodes uh, is starting uh, at U of L Speed School. He just started this week. And uh, we, um, we, Jenny calls us the odd couple because uh, I'm nearly 60 and, and he's 18. But like we've chatted for years uh, about technology. And, and so he, he texts me out of the blue yesterday and he's like, you know, those invisible camera things that we were talking about, I keep seeing those everywhere. And he, he talked about both online and like on campus. So he's talking about the 360 cameras. And so I was just curious, does anything like a three, one of the, the 360 cameras from 
Insta or from GoPro. Does that uh, intrigue you at all? And is that something you're thinking about down the road? Um, I'll say never say never. It, 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 I am intrigued by it as well. And I watch content that's created with it. Uh, right now, it feels a little like a little, I don't want, I mean, it's not the right word, but, um, and it's, I, I don't mean it this way, the way it's going to sound, but the first word that comes to mind is gimmicky. Uh, but it, it's, uh, you know, I, I don't think it's the best tool yet. I think as it matures, uh, there's a, there's some really cool potential there. Uh, you know, right now, like there, it, it just feels like, um, I, you know, it, 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 I'm aware that technically it's got to be, taking it a really large, you know, file size. So, so when I'm on the bike and I'm thinking about like doing a multi-day ride, I'm concerned about things like battery life and storage and, you know, how, how practical, you know, is this? Uh, and so, you know, if the technology gets good enough in terms of like compression and rates and things like that, uh, you know, uh, maybe, I mean, you know, never say never. I'm certainly interested in it. I like to watch, you know, I'm curious about it. Uh, but, you know, for the foreseeable future, you know, it's more about when am I going to question becomes, when am I going to upgrade to the latest, greatest GoPro or when I'm going to upgrade, you know, my phone, that kind of stuff. And so um, I will say that it it helps me to rationalize and justify getting, you know, the highest in iPhone, you know, things like that. Um, You know, cause I I want the camera, you know, again, that adage, the best camera is the one that's with you. I want the camera that's with me to be a good camera, you know, uh, and, and, and there's a lot that you can do there. Um, But no, I mean, I mean, I'm, I'm uh, pretty satisfied with the tool set. It's just a question of, you know, when, I mean, of course it keeps getting better all the time. And, and uh, so I, I don't think about, actively about changing the tools that I'm using. I will say that I've refined, you know, I've, I've experimented a lot and, and I've refined what I feel like works best for me. Uh, but definitely I'll be upgrading these tools to the latest generation at some point in time and, and expect there to be an increase in quality when that happens. It does seem like just food for thought that the, um, the camera that's comparable to a GoPro on the Insta360 line, which you can just shoot regular video with, um, is um, can be cheaper than the GoPro and does have longer battery life. Uh, and you could use 360 down the road if you wanted to. The, the challenge on the 360 side seems to be, as you described, the file size is, is right. kind of bigger. But you, I, I believe you're going to have to do a pre-edit. In other words, I believe you have to pick the angle of right. the video that you want to to export. So it, it would be it would add a step to your process. So exactly, so and, and you know, again, it's like, well, how much time do I want to spend editing? You know, uh, is right. uh, so you know, the, and there's there's a balancing act in all that. You know, if I'm t- spending too much time editing, then I'm not spending enough time on the bike. You know, so so it, it's right. uh, you know, I want I want to kind of keep the momentum moving forward and uh, keep it sustainable to where it's not draining me in any one particular direction. Um, so yeah, when I've looked at it and I've actually asked questions of people who put videos out there, like what was the process in there? It is exactly what you described. It's like, they've got to kind of do an initial, you know, edit, if you will, of getting that, well, which, you know, which camera angle I'm going to use. And then I think, well, gosh, that's a, there's a lot of, 
there's a lot of uh, footage that is basically then you're saying, you know, go, go away, you know, that you're initially having to capture. So, you know, again, I am, you know, concerned about, you know, file size as, as, uh, as, and, and time, you know, editing time is our, our big thing. So those are obstacles to me at this point. And, and your videos too, from an editing time standpoint, you, you are, um, in most of your videos, you're doing an overlay of your, your voice. So, so you're not capturing as often while you're out you 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 are are doing um an overlay of your voice which takes time as well yeah and i'll say it it, uh it really depends on the video so something i'm cognizant of is that um you know if if i i'll definitely say that if it's if it's a resource centric you know like uh i'm doing a multi-day ride on one of these uh you know trails like the gap trail or like the cno towpath or something like that uh, that I'm wanting to interject more about history and resources. Uh, and, um, and it's easier for me to do that in post-processing. Uh, and also, I'm also mindful that the people I'm riding with are, are out there to have a first-person experience. They're not going out mm-hmm. to think about capturing this video, right? So, so it's, I want to have right. that experience with them and then supplement that, you know, with, with some editorial, if you will, uh, after the facts. Uh, so that's part of what, what drives that particular style. But I, I will say it is easier if I can think about to do it in the present and then to just use the, the, the narrative that I've done live. That's a whole lot easier than going back and creating a voiceover and, and you know, and sure. That. Good deal. So, uh, so Nathan, is there any question I should have asked you, but didn't ask you today? Uh, gosh, that is, a uh, you know, I, I would just say, uh, invite people who might be interested in the Kentucky cycle and what I'm doing to check out, uh, KentuckyCycling.org. Uh, and that is basically, uh, provide you a nice overview of the project and, uh, point you to a variety of, uh, content, you know, that I have out there. And uh, there's a contact page as well. So if you've got questions, you know, I invite people to to reach out or check out the content or, uh, you know, just uh, uh, check it out. Um, and I, ultimately, I'm, you know, interested in connecting with people uh, to promote, uh, you know, resources and help tell this uh, cycling story, not only of Kentucky, but the surrounding region. So, uh, any any connections, uh, potential connections are out there to help me do that um, I'm, or that I can help be of assistance to you. I'd be happy to connect. Good deal. Well, I appreciate your time today. Uh, we we spent about an hour talking and uh, I had questions I didn't ask. So because because we were getting in the weeds uh, and, and I'm I'm big on getting in the weeds on these tech tech topics. So uh, Maybe we'll uh, have you back in a few months and and see what's new and what's different and and go from there. So I really appreciate your time today. So people can find you uh, at KentuckyCycling.org. It's all the socials the same place? Yeah, it's all at Kentucky Cycling. Okay. Full word. So, you know, full spit out Kentucky Cycling as, as one word. So, you know, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all the same handle at Kentucky Cycling. And, and you wore your shirt. I don't. I don't have a shirt, but I have a hat. I should have worn my hat for this video. I'll have to send but, you a uh, shirt, Mark. But you have. Uh, but you have uh, uh, merch available for, uh, I do, for purchase. I do a uh, t-shirt that you know I, I was 
wanted to get really nice, soft, thin material. Uh, and then, uh, t- so at this point, T-shirts, stickers, and caps. All right. Good deal. So, well, thanks again, Nathan. And uh, we'll, uh, we'll see you out on the road. All right. Thank you.